When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. Top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream. Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers, happy to be with you this morning on ESPN Radio 590 in Omaha. We are live on Twitter, live on YouTube, the Herd at Sports YouTube page. We're also now on KFOR in Lincoln for this hour. So we appreciate all of you joining us out there. We're just really excited to be here um, and doing the show with you today. Now, Ravi, as we wait uh, to talk a little bit of NFL with Cynthia Freeland, who will mm-hmm. be coming our way. I don't know if you've had any issue with your car lately, but I am in desperate, and I mean desperate, Uh-oh. need of an oil change. Uh-oh. So I'm taking my car over to Dingman's. Dingman's is here for me. Just like we are here for everybody else, Dingman's is there for me when I need them most. They have four great locations, and they do more than just oil changes, right? They'll fix up your car, any problem you have. They work on all makes and models from Fords to Teslas. They will take care of you. They have some awesome give-back programs as well, including um, one, Epic for Girls, Mm -hmm. Collective for Hope, Community Alliance, just all three that you can choose to donate to after you get your car serviced at Dingman's, and they'll do the donation. So you don't even have to put your own money forth. Dingman's will do it for you, but you get the choice of who you are going to donate to, what nonprofit is available. If you have a problem with your car, that's Dingman's Collision Center, dingmans.com. Ravi, as I thought a little bit more, are, are you about the NFL season? Mm-hmm. I should finish my sentence there. Are you a hard knocks guy? You know, off and on, I – I'm not a diehard, like, watch it the first second it comes out, but I'll, I'll binge a couple episodes at a time and kind of catch up on what's going on. Got to be honest, not me. Yeah. Not me. I haven't, I haven't really gotten into it. Shane, let's bring on Cynthia now as uh, she joins the show. Cynthia Freeland, good morning. Uh, good morning. How are you? Good. Hopefully we're bringing the energy for you today on a Wednesday. How are things? Pretty good, thank you. How about you? Uh, things are good. Eight days away from college football for us, so we are we are really vibing here in Nebraska. But we haven't gotten to talk a lot about the NFL season just yet. So uh, we we chatted with Shane yesterday, and we're like, we have to bring Cynthia back on. We have to get her back in the love chair. Um, and you know, well, you know, I love your, you know, I love Nebraska's coach, right? I'm a big Matt Rule fan. So that I do. That I do. I'm all in on Matt Rule. Okay. <laughs> so uh, speaking of Coach Rule, what would be like? If you could set expectations for him this season, like if he could cap somewhere for you, what would be a good first season for Matt Rule? You know, I think like after watching Nebraska for kind of a, a long time now, I'm, you know, I'm from Big Ten country, and I know that Nebraska wasn't always in the Big Ten, but recently it has been. But ultimately, you know, it's been those, those weird, those weird uh, seasons where you've had like wild swings where it like, it, you know, it's just been so, like, bipolar almost, right? Like, you start off with these expectations, or you start off with none, and then you start winning, and then it's just terrible. Like, 
it goes back and forth. I think maybe so, like, strong, steady, you know, maybe not winning all of the games, but, you know, playing in each one, contending, being a part of each, you know, really have, establishing this strong base because it is very hard, especially in the changing Big Ten, to, like, keep being strong and good and recruiting constantly and re-recruiting and getting the transfer portal and NIL and all this stuff. So I think just having a nice, organized, like, some good, solid wins and, you know, not having those weird, strange moments of confusion. Cynthia, I'm curious. You know, you mentioned you're a big Matt Rule fan, and obviously things didn't work out for him in the NFL the way that I'm sure him and Carolina both would have liked. Um, I know you're big on, you know, the the math and the numbers and the data analysis of the NFL. When you're looking at these guys that come from college – to the NFL, how challenging is it for you to try and figure out from kind of an analytical standpoint what level of success they might have? Well, it's interesting because college, the college game has now changed more than, you know, it's always been different, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, now you're seeing, like, the, the way O-lines play and the way quarterbacks play. Like, you know, I do the East-West Shrine Bowl every year, and one of the things that has always fascinating to me is that the quarterbacks, even some of the – these are guys like all-stars, right? They don't know how to take, like, under center snaps, mm-hmm. right? So it's just different. Um, so it's, it's – they're the, the skill players are – I'm not going to say easy, but easier, and the pass rushers are easier to forecast. But if figuring out quarterback science were an easy thing, then we would have – you know, there'd be no turnover at any of these. <laughs> there'd be no jobs. There, there's a whole industry on getting the quarterback right. Cynthia, we'll jump into the NFL now, um, or at least away from Matt Rule, I should say, and uh, yep. talk about the big news uh, that Jonathan Taylor, is give, he was granted permission to seek a trade. Oh, Why wow. do you think the Colts ultimately <laughs> let this happen? Is it because they saw what Lamar Jackson did and they're like, you're not going anywhere? Well, t- two things. Number one, I mean, Mr. Ursay has come out and said like that the market is kind of a little nuts, and I, I do. I, he's not wrong. I mean, the the overall cap's gone up between eight and nine percent, and quarterbacks have gone up like I don't know, like you know, between sixteen, like double that, right? So they're outpacing. So somebody has to get squeezed, and ultimately, when you're when you're when that's happening, and running backs are this thing where, you know, they unfortunately, you know, at twenty eight, like look at Dalvin Cook, like the, the Vikings were fine letting him go, and he was kind of in his prime, so. The truth is, is the market isn't strong for running backs right now. And I think that the Colts are in a position where, you know, they have a rookie quarterback. Maybe they don't have big expectations this season. You know, the, the AFC is a pretty much a huge nightmare just top to bottom. I mean, it's so much stronger than the NFC. So I think they're probably saying, okay, well, we're not going to give you this monstrous contract. We have to build for the future. And we got to get quarterback right first. We fired everyone, you know, we, we, not the GM, but we fired the coach and all the staff there, and now we're going to restart. So I, I don't think it's about – I don't think it's as personal as it feels, but I think Jonathan Taylor clearly wasn't happy, and they just decided, like, we're not – you know, we're not building around a, a running back. We're going to build around – we have to figure out, like, a lot of other pieces too. Cynthia, I'm curious. I, I know you do your projections – on uh, all these different players in the NFL and and specifically with the running backs like you were talking about you know it seems like after age 27 28 these guys start to have some pretty serious attrition in their careers 
How do you factor that into your projections with a guy? And, you know, just from your projections, Derrick Henry, 29 years old, you expect him to lead the league in touchdowns. Nick Chubb, 27-year-old, you expect him to lead the league in rushing yards. Both of those guys are kind of on that precipice of, you know, that 28 to 30 range where we see running backs start to fall off. How do you factor that in there? You know, it's, it's interesting because, like, Derrick Henry, remember, coming out of Alabama, people mm-hmm. were like, he has run for 1,600 billion trillion yards, and the, there's no tread left on that tire. And, <laughs> you know, he really – remember that? He yeah. Really, you know, he really proved people wrong. But the truth is, is it, it kind of comes down to the individual. I mean, his training regimen is out of control. The fact that he was injury-free for so long was lucky, but also you saw him return. Like, he, he he's going to be – and, you know, I, I believe he'll get himself into great shape like every single season. So, you know, the, the truth is, is it kind of depends on the individual because they do sustain a lot of wear and tear. But guys like Nick Chubb and guys like Derrick Henry, who are truly, you know, not only just taking care of themselves, but also their teams are trying to. I mean, the, the Browns have one of the best O-lines in football, so that helps considerably. But also, like, they try to run different schemes so that, you know, like we saw Derrick Henry last season have – like a you know he started to catch passes like he is like a career high like 33 receptions <laughs> last season so they're trying to do different things and that will keep a running back rejuvenated as well Cynthia another reason I like talking to you around this time of year <laughs> is because of your fantasy advice and the numbers that you put out and there's a lot of fantasy football players out there in the world so I got a question for you I want you to find four players for me Cynthia Freeland's breakout player your bust your overhyped player and your undervalued player this season. Okay, so I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley as my breakout player. Mm. Um, I think he's has got a lot to prove, you know, in Jacksonville, and Trevor Lawrence will look for him because he's a really precise precise route runner. And I have a lot of questions about their defense, which means I think that they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. Um, number one. Okay, so you said you said breakout, and then you said which was the next one? Sorry, bust. No, you're Mike good. The problem with I think Jonathan Taylor's my bust. I don't know where people are drafting him now. It mm. feels like one of those things where you're going to take a flyer on him and just be like, ah, like it's just not going to be great. So that's probably I would say that. Just don't ex- you know? This is a guy who expects to finish like top five, and I don't think that that's going to be the case. I guess. You know, we've got to see where his new home is or if he stays in India. Well, who knows? Um, but I'm staying away from that situation. My overhyped player, I think we got to be careful about Bijan Robinson. Right now he's mm. trading as the third running back off the board. Yeah, RB that's crazy. Three. That's way too high. And it's not that I don't like him. It's not that I don't think this time next year we should be talking about him in that same vein because he's awesome and he's a pass catcher, which you need in PPR. But the truth is, is, He's still a rookie. So, like, you're telling me that the only guys in the league that are going to score more fantasy points than a rookie are, you know, two guys, Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler? I, I mean, that's, to me, that's just a little too overhyped. Cynthia, I'm glad you brought up Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a 49ers <laughs> fan, so uh, I, I appreciate that. But I'm curious, with his injury history, do you have any hesitation at all in terms of, his fantasy projections obviously if he's healthy he's going to put up a ton of points for you but do you have any bit of concern about after finally staying healthy last year that he's able to do that for two years in a row I mean their O-line didn't get better 
You know, like, it's not that I, I – my, my problem with any type of running back first, like, I always kind of hope that I'm drafting, like, five to eight, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's my sweet spot. Right, because I don't want to have to make that decision. Right. Um, you know, like I'm like somebody make that decision for me so that it's not like on my conscience, right? So, you know, because you I don't want to pass on him, right? No, I'm. I won't pass on. Then him, it turns into a panic pick. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, ugh. Like I kind of just wish that it would like, you know, it's, it, you know, to me, like I'd rather like I, I'm trying to get like five or six in all my drafts and like hope that Travis Kelsey is there because I like my strategy of like Travis Kelsey and then come around the second round. Uh, Nick Chubb, for whatever reason, has dropped down below like like he's like running back seven. I'm like, fine, give me Nick Chubb. Yeah, I love that. Gucci. <laughs> like, let, you know, like I don't know how that happened, but so it's like I'd rather do something where I don't. I feel like I'm getting a lot of upside because I'm not going to pass on him, but. And you can't. He's, like, so valuable. But on some level, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I just get I get fearful of it because that could be your whole season in one injury. Speaking of running backs, Cynthia, which running back that relocated will have a bigger year, Miles Sanders or DeAndre Swift? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that Swift is probably the the – the guy that they're looking to be what they were using Miles Sanders for. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but I think that because Miles Sanders has both Deuce Daly and a rookie quarterback, that he'll probably get more run. So while I like, like, I think if, in terms of like, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, you should be very excited about DeAndre Swift. I think that he'll look like a different guy. I actually think Miles Sanders will be that like, like that workhorse, like the volume will be there. So, you know, with a rookie quarterback, they've got a decent O-line. With a rookie quarterback, I just feel like that Deuce Staley, and remember, I say Deuce Staley because if you think about what made the Lions running backs, which it gets confusing because that was DeAndre Swift, right? But what made, like, Jamal Williams so good, Deuce Staley was there architecting that. So what you have is you have now, like, a really smart, fun guy that people love to work for. Mm. So – that's kind of why I think maybe Deuce will have the bigger year. But I think both uh, – to me, it's like, you know, potato, potato it's, it's in, in terms of fantasy points. Cynthia, I'm curious. You mentioned Travis Kelsey as kind of the guy you like to take mid-first round. Is that because – I mean, obviously his overall production is great, but how much do you consider his value over the next available tight end? How does that factor into your yeah. decision-making process? That's my number one reason for, for taking him first. Like, yes, I, I, I hate the tight end position because if you miss out on the top three guys, like you're kind of like you're – then it's like constantly this thing where you're like, ugh, this again, this problem again. <laughs> but, you know, but it's, it's interesting because to me when I project out all the, the points for, you know, what's the difference between running back one and running back two, it's like 11 points. What's the difference between wide receiver one and wide receiver two, it's like 10 points. And then same thing for quarterbacks, it's like, you know, maybe 11 points. It's very tight. Then you look at for tight end, it's like 60 points. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the, the next available option is just so – and that's between one and two even. Yeah. Right? Like not even one and, you know, five. So it's, it's, just, it's just crazy. Cynthia, do you think Darren Waller is poised to have a bounce back season? Well, I kind of feel about Waller the same way I feel about – you know, about, you asked about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Waller has 
had injuries too. So it's I think he is poised. Like he's in a great position to have a breakout year. But if you're overdrafting him, you're going to feel bad about it. So it's, you know, like it's it's the same thing. So if he, if he falls to you in like that tight end six to seven range, then great. But if not, then you could be, you know, you could be over overextending for, for your fantasy. But for real football purposes, I think he'll be very valuable. For, for fantasy football purposes, he, I, I do get a little fearful of, you know, anyone who's had injuries again. What about Kyle Pitts? Yeah, I mean, injury too. But, like, I think, I think we were a year too early on the Kyle Pitts mm, hype train. Mm. I think this season will be a much better year for them in general. Because remember, he, like, couldn't get in the end zone. He was super valuable despite not getting in the end zone. And, like, somehow now he's, like, not as valuable as he was a year. I don't, I don't understand how that all works. Uh, this team has one of the – the Falcons have one of the best O-lines in all of football. I don't know what to make of Desmond Ritter, but I do know that between Drake London and Kyle Pitts and this young staff and Bijan Robinson, and, by the way, when Cordero Patterson comes back and Tyler Algier, they're going to have, like, this short yardage game down. So I think that Kyle Pitts will be very valuable. Cynthia, I'm curious what your quarterback strategy is. Kind of where's the earliest you would feel comfortable taking one? And let's say you miss out on the top couple guys like Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, those types of guys. Who's kind of in that next tier if you decide to wait on a quarterback? Well, I really want – I'm trying to get a lot – like I kind of – all right, so there's a couple strategies I take. The first is – I have a couple of weeks where I like to like be me, meaning like you know I know that some of my friends are like big Chiefs fans, so it's pretty funny to take Patrick. <laughs> yeah. With all your friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Like so. So like there's that like because you gotta remember it's a long season, so sometimes like you know having a little burr in your friend's side is like very fun, right? So you know there's that, and then and I do that with you know I I, have, I do preseason with the Bills, so you know I have a number of Bills fans as well. So like you know great Patrick or Josh, fine. I'll take <laughs> give me both. Of them. <laughs> But in my leagues, like with like our NFL Fantasy Live League and stuff, I will. I'm kind of trying to target Trevor Lawrence this year because I think I'll be able mm. to get him like a little lower. Like I know Rank will want Justin Fields. I really think about my opponents a lot with quarterback strategy because I think that that's a good way to kind of anticipate when they're going to make their their picks. Because it doesn't like the the truth is is like people say don't wait, go in the later round. Well, you can go in the later round if the other people in your in your in your league are going in the later rounds, right? Like you, the difference between quarterback one and quarterback 10 annually, like sometimes there's guys who are outliers on the top, but you know, there's a real cluster of quarterbacks between like two and six. So you're, it's not that different, but if people are drafting those guys in the third round, then maybe you take them in the third round, right? So it's less about kind of which round and more about where your the, the opponents in your league are taking them. So, to me, it's like, all right, I got a few guys that I'd like to take. If there's an early run, I don't care, and I'll have to look at the available substitutes. But the truth is, is you don't want to get too far down the list because you don't want to sit there and be like, oh, God, after all, Kirk Cousins today, like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> Say less. Say less, Cynthia. I feel like I'm always rolling with Kirk Cousins in one league, and I'm just crying I, myself I to like, sleep. Uh, and you're like, really, this again? And you're like, but then I got Justin Jefferson. So it's good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have the team. We pair them up. Yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. like, ugh, this is terrible. This is way too much exposure to the Vikings. So something like that, what we got. <laughs>
You know what's so funny? I would like hate to play fantasy with Cynthia. Not only is she like so much smarter than me, but like if she took Justin Fields from me, I'd probably cry. <laughs> I, I would probably cry just because she knows I'm a Bears fan. <laughs> well, it's funny because so I'll be at I'll be in Chicago uh, for the Bills game this weekend for the the preseason game. And it's funny because we play with, like, the, the analytic people from different teams. We all play together. And truly, before each other's picks, people, like, the Jags guy, like, picks after the – or picks before the Giants guy and steals Saquon Barkley. Like, there's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Like, it, every single time it, like, makes me laugh so hard because it's like, this guy will steal this. And, this and I mean, people – at first, people are like, oh, are we going to give away inside information? I'm like, what are you talking about? They just want to beat each other. <laughs> Oh, man. Cynthia Freeland, NFL analytics expert with us right now. A couple more questions. I want to jump back into football. So outside of the fantasy uh, mind and and back into legitimate football conversation, uh, we – on the show, I think about a month ago, maybe it was two, I was talking with DB, and I had – before Anthony Richardson was named the starting starting quarterback, I said he's going to win rookie of the year. And he kind of looked at me sideways a little bit. And now I'm kind of curious that he is – the starting quarterback in your mind who wins rookie of the year Bryce Young CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson what can I go off that list you could <laughs> yeah go off the list I think it's gonna be Bijan oh I think Bijan will win it okay okay I, I like I like your Anthony Richardson you know I was at but when he started the it was at the Bills and again I do the Bills preseason so it was really fun to actually see him run that close right like you know, you watch it on TV and you're like, oh, he looks fast. And then you watch him in person. You're like, oh, wow. Okay. That's really fast. <laughs> you're like, oh, he is like fast and quick, both of them. So, you know, what I really have a lot of respect for his athleticism. And I think that James Steichen will figure out a way to make him look awesome. But I don't really like the unrest that's going on there right now, right? Like having, it's kind of unfortunate for a guy who's only had 13 starts in college that you know, that whole Jonathan Taylor situation we were talking about is going on because that just stinks for him, right? It just makes it harder because now you're trying to figure out, like, is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Is it this? Is it that? It's very distracting. Cynthia, I'm curious. You know, we, we've brought up Jonathan Taylor's name a couple times here, but it, who do you think would be the best fit? Like, where makes the most sense for Jonathan Taylor to end up? Like, if you're in an NFL front office and you're looking at your roster, which team do you say, hey, I, we – are significantly better if we go out and get Jonathan Taylor? I mean, I think the Dolphins at this point are kind of like one of the places you could look to because of, yeah. you know, the ability of that coaching staff to leverage his type of skill. But, I, you know, we talked about Dalvin Cook as a potential landing spot for them too. However, one of my colleagues, Tom Pellicero, reported that the Colts are trying to ask for more than Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so I don't, I, th- I don't think it's, I'm going to do like an asterisk there and say talent wise, the Dolphins, I don't know if it's worth giving up all of that for a guy who like, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey wasn't like demanding this trade, right? Yet, yeah, Like, sure. He's had a bunch of, you know, injury, he didn't, I don't know, like force this. It feels weird to force this when you're not, it's not like he's this veteran player. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it just it feels very it just feels icky to me, like like a little too like I know I know egos and I know that their lifespan is short and I understand, but like I don't know, it just feels a little weird. To me. Cynthia, got about forty seconds here. Quick one: Which team in twenty twenty three do you think makes the biggest jump from last year? 
the Falcons. I think they go from worst to first in their division. But I also like the Seahawks. All okay. right. Okay. Well, the Seahawks, I mean, they, they, they were competitive last year. So that that's but a good think, pick, too. I think, yeah. I mean, if you're going to pick, like, outside the box Super Bowl situation, anyone in the NFC that makes it to the playoffs is a much better chance. Just think about it. Because the AFC, you make it to the playoffs, you got to play all the hardest quarterbacks. Yeah. The NFC, you make it to the playoffs, and it's still not that bad. Gosh, very <laughs> true. I could talk to you, like, for the rest of this hour. But, unfortunately, we got to let you go. Thanks for the time. You got to thanks for having me. We'll be back with a little bit of Creighton talk next.